Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Nair Wrestling. It's me here, Mark Sylvester, and I hope to be reminding long-time fans and showing non-fans why wrestling is so good. And welcome guys to another Big Four pay-per-view reviews. Now what the Big Four pay-per-view reviews is guys, it's where I do a review of all of the Big Four WWE and AEW pay-per-views. And so then guys, for the Big Four pay-per-view reviews, what pay-per-view I'll be reviewing today is SummerSlam 2022. It's the biggest party of the summer and this is what you're going to get. One last time, one last match, last man standing. The Beast Brock Lesnar is looking to knock Roman Reigns off the top of the WWE mountain. The Usos, they've been tag team champs now for 377 days. But they're going to put their undisputed WWE tag team championships on the line yet again against the Street Profits. And after what happened with the referee mishap at Money in the Bank, WWE has called in guest referee Woo, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, the Hall of Famers yeah. on the Liv Morgan took advantage of that Money in the Bank briefcase and is now the SmackDown Women's Champion. Well, tonight, Ronda Rousey has her shot at revenge. How about this one? After being successful teammates at WrestleMania, these former pals are now standing on opposite sides of the ring. These two A-listers go head-to-head -head tonight. It's Logan Paul versus The Miz. You know what, folks? There's been an awful lot of talk about theory and potentially cashing in with Ms. Money in the Bank this evening. But first, he's got to go through the United States champion, Bobby Lashley, the almighty era, alive and well, the United States Championship on the line tonight. Damian Priest, Finn Balor, and Rhea Ripley have been messing with the minds of the Mysterios for a long time. Well, tonight, the Mysterios get their shot to get their hands on the Judgment Day. And after weeks and weeks of back and forth, the tension between these two, these two former NFL roommates are at an all-time high, and they plan to settle things once and for all. It's Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Now, SummerSlam 2022 opened up with an amazing match between Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, this match had some great entrances, guys. I mean, both women came out absolutely strong, absolutely looking, absolutely badass and cool as general. Uh, there were some amazing moments where you had Becky going after Bianca Belair's right arm and wrenching at it and stuff to wear it down and whatnot, ready for the disarmor. Then you had this amazing slingshot of Bianca's arm into Brett's ropes. Obviously, Brett's rope being the most deadliest of ropes, it did a lot more damage than being the top rope or the bottom rope. Uh, then there was an amazing drop kick by Bianca Belair. Then a lovely leg drop by Becky to Bianca Belair on the outside on the barricade. It was an absolutely beautiful, like, guillotine leg drop and stuff. It was absolutely lovely. Then you had this amazing backspoder suplex as well by Becky too. Uh, then you also had this amazing knee and, and a big clothesline move to Bianca Belair. I think that's one of a really cool move. And then you had Becky going for a springboard from Brett's rope. But it didn't work this time because Bianca Belair was able to catch Becky and give her an amazing powerbomb, which I thought was a really nice sequence because it just shows how good both women are. Uh, then he had a really nice springboard splash uh, by Bianca to Becky. Then he had Becky hit the diamond dust for a, a near fall. Then he had Becky going for the disarmor, but Bianca Belair is able to escape by going underneath the ropes at the outside. But you can see the um, pain that she's gone through. But then even though, she has, even though Bianca Belair is through a lot of pain, she's able to hit the KOD on the outside. Then you have Becky hit this amazing and huge manhandle slam. Then you have Bianca Belair whilst um, on the top rope giving uh, Becky this amazing reverse Spanish fly, which was an absolute amazing move. 
And then for the win, Bianca Belair hit the KOD for the one, two, and the three. Uh, this match, guys, was just amazing, was just fantastic. I was gripped through the entire thing. I mean, these two women are just fantastic together. They have great chemistry, and it's just really, really cool just to see the tenacity as well as the um, great underdog slash great babyface fire of Bianca Belair, but also as well the greatness of, of Becky Lynch. Because even though what, what happened after the match, what happened, it was kind of more natural because obviously after the match, you have um, Becky put her hand out, Bianca at first a bit kind of like, what are you going to do? Then they shook hands and they both hugged, which I thought was really cool. And then obviously Becky left the ring to let Bianca celebrate a bit more. But then you had the return of Bailey, which was awesome, having her back. Dakota Kai, it was really cool seeing her back too. As well as uh, EO Sky all come out. And obviously they're like going over Bianca Belair, being like, we're the best and stuff. But then you have uh, Becky Lynch then come back into the ring and defend Bianca Belair because she's now a face. And I think it's really good for Becky. Because even though it's sad that she's going to be out for a couple months now because of her injury that she suffered through the match. But I think when she comes back, she's going to be a really cool face. And even though she can't use the moniker of the man, I think for me, her run in late 2018 early 2019 through to mid 2019 end of 2019 I think for me was her best run because I think the man is just a great character and it'll be cool just to kind of see even though big time Bex was still really good as well it'll be quite cool to see what she can do with the best bits of the big time Bex as long as the amazing baby face slash badassness of the man uh, both being together, I think uh, I generally think that'll be a really cool fusion, as it were. And it'll be really cool to see what they do with Becky and what Becky will be like when she comes back. And the next match we had, guys, was between Logan Paul versus The Miz. Uh, this was quite cool because it was quite interesting actually and quite funny actually because uh, the match they had at WrestleMania when they were in a uh, tag team together you had Logan Paul come out with the most expensive Pokemon card ever and I thought it was really cool that The Miz came out with his own Pokemon card as it were with the aftermath of his attack on Logan Paul giving him the skull crushing finale I thought it was really really cool because it helped show just the heelness as well as just the conniveness of the Miz. Uh, you had Logan Paul with some big chops in the match. Uh, Miz with this amazing stomach stabber from Brett's Rope. It was really cool to see. Then you have Logan Paul with, a, with an amazing running power slam. Uh, Logan Paul as well hitting a far more better figure four leg lock them than the Miz ever could. Uh, Logan Paul hit this amazing crossbody, which just insane the amount of height and speed he got for that move was crazy. And then you have Champa trying to interfere and trying to like help the Miz win, but then you have the referee like notice it and he goes to Champa, you're out of here, you're out of here. So then Champa's like, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving. And then he basically gets a chair, puts himself right outside the ring and he's refusing to move. And then you have AJ Styles come out with his music playing and stuff and he gives... Um, Champa, um, a phenomenal forearm, gives him some big attacks and stuff and gets him out of the match. Then you have Logan Paul hit his own phenomenal forearm. And then you have Logan Paul, which for me was my moment of the entire match, uh, was he hit this amazing frog splash uh, through the announcer's table. And the amount of speed and the amount of like height and uh, distance he's able to get with that move was just fucking insane. Uh, then you have Maurice trying to distract the referee because obviously uh, she wants her man to win. But then the Miz tries to then attack Logan Paul with his um, key ring, with his Pokemon key ring kind of thing. But then uh, Logan Paul moves out the way, but then he's nearly hits Maurice, but he stops himself. But then through that distraction, Logan Paul is able to hit the skull crossing finale for the one, the two, and the three. And he gets the win. 
I mean, for me, this match I thought was quite good. And I mean, as much as a fan I'm not of Logan Paul, I thought it was actually quite interesting and quite good to see just how much he respects the business. And I like the fact as well that he actually put on a really good match. And and even though the fans were booing him to begin with, he was such a great face in the match. And the Miz is such a great heel that after the match itself ended, the crowd were cheering for Logan Paul. And yeah, the Miz is truly awesome. And the next match we had was between Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for the US Championship. Now, this match uh, was quite good. I mean, Bobby Lashley had his amazing entrance with his amazing big fireworks because it was only him and Roman who had the fireworks. I thought it was really cool to kind of like see who had the fireworks and to kind of like see who would um, compare to who and that kind of thing, like in the um, totem pool of... Uh, the place of where the wrestlers are and stuff. Um, Theory hits Bobby Lashley with his briefcase before the match even starts several times. Um, then when the match has started, because obviously the referee speaks to Bobby Lashley and, and Bobby is like, no, I want to fight. I want to carry on. And, and the referee's like, okay, then we'll start the match then. And then you have um, Theory attacking Bobby Lashley. And then you have Theory going for another strike. But then Bobby Lashley is able to reverse it and hits Theory with a big slam. Did you have another really big slam by Bobby Lashley? And then you have a moment where Theory is grabbing his briefcase and is looking to leave. But then you have Bobby Lashley catching hold of Theory, who he then chucks into the barricade. And then when both men are back into the ring, Theory hits Bobby with this amazing, beautiful drop kick. Then you have Bobby Lashley with a big running power slam. But then uh, Bobby Lashley is able to hit the hurt lock for the win. I mean, this match was pretty good. I mean... One part of me was happy with, because it was a squash because it shows just how dominant and just how powerful Bobby Lashley is. But at the same time, I, d I didn't like the way the match ended because for me, I felt it took away too much from the whole theory thing in itself. I know obviously the way that they like to book the Money in the Bank winner is they lose all the time, but I kind of feel like it takes away from the importance of them winning the match to then become the world champion universal champion whatever champion we're gonna get uh so i was kind of a bit annoyed in that sense but i feel for me that if they want to build up bobby lashley again it will work and i think because of how good fear he is that even though he lost it doesn't really take away from him because when he came out to i'll mention more about it later on it didn't really take away from that potential um cashing as it were so yeah a good match and what we have next is a match between the mysterios versus the Judgment Day. Now, uh, it was quite cool, obviously, having the Mysterios come out and stuff, because I think they're both great, and you know, the Judgment Day as well and stuff, and Dominic hitting this amazing suicida through Ray's legs onto Damian Priest. Then you have Dominic with an amazing crossbody to Finn Balor. Then you have Finn Balor with his amazing chops. Like, he had some, he had some great chops, because obviously he had some great chops back in New Japan slash in NXT, so it's quite cool to see just how good he is with his chops. Then you have Ray hit a springboard crossbody to Damien Priest because it just shows that even though the man is nearly in his 50s, he can still move like lightning and he's still fantastic. Then you have Ray hit a seated senton to, to Damien Priest as well. And then you have uh, Ray hitting some chair shots to Damien Priest because obviously he's angry with them and stuff and attacking him and trying to get his son to turn on him and stuff as well. Did he have this amazing moment, which was just absolutely fantastic, is this moment where Ray, with the steel chair, did this amazing baseball slide underneath the bottom rope onto Finn Balor, and I thought, for me, that move was just fucking crazy. Then you have Damien Priest hitting uh, Ray with, with an amazing big super kick. 
Then you have Rhea Ripley stopping the Mysterios from hitting double 619s to both Damien as well as Finn. And then you have uh, this amazing moment because obviously you have both a Judgment Day just attacking, attacking, attacking the Mysterios. And then you have Edge come back because at the beginning of, the, of his theme it was the um, brood theme, which is really cool. Then you have his new theme. He then comes out and then he spears both Finn Balor as well as Damien Priest. And then you have the um, double 619 to Finn Balor. And then you have Ray hit a um, over-the-top rope splash for the one, the two, and the three. So yeah, the Mysterios get the win. And I thought it was quite cool as well to have Edge come back. I mean, it was quite interesting and quite cool to kind of have that sort of like reminder of their tandem back in 2002. Because obviously they're building up 20 years of Rey Mysterio. But I just thought it was a really good match. Really great stuff. It shows just how good Ray is. And it's just awesome to see Edge back. Because Edge has always been one of my favourites. And it's just awesome to see him back and looking better than ever. And the next match we had, guys, was between Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. I thought one of the cool things that I love about, about this match and what I love about WWE as well is the elaborate and awesome entrances. Because during the middle of Happy Corbin's entrance and then when you had... Pat McAfee come out. He had a choir, and they and during the choir and stuff, they were like taunting uh, Happy Corbin. So I thought it was really, really cool. Um, and then and then during the match itself, you have Corbin with his amazing big stomach drop kick to McAfee. Then you had Corbin hitting his amazing deep six. Uh, then McAfee launches himself to the outside onto Corbin with this amazing like splash move, which is fucking crazy. Then you have Corbin throwing uh, McAfee onto the announcer's table. And when he does this, he puts on the headset and he starts taunting the other announcers. Plus as well, um, McAfee himself, because obviously McAfee is a announcer. And that's one of the things, because obviously they're all like vying for him to win and stuff, because obviously the announcers are all close. Then you have this amazing moment of uh, McAfee hitting this amazing swanton bomb looking move onto Corbin, who is on the outside. And then you have uh, McAfee hitting a low blow. And then he hits the Panama Sunrise from Brett's Rope for the one, the two, and the three, and gets the win. Now, this is another match I quite enjoyed. I know it wasn't as good as McAfee's other matches against Adam Cole or um, Fury at WrestleMania, for example. But I still think for what it was and for what it did, it was still really, really cool. I felt for me, it lost a bit of not having the... Um, Seven Nation Army song playing and stuff. And I felt that kind of added more to the character of Pat McAfee. But for the fact that Pat McAfee might be doing a lot more matches, maybe the license would be a bit too expensive. Like, for example, even though it's sad that Brian Danielson doesn't have Europe's The Final Countdown in AEW, the reason for that is because the amount of money they would have to spend to license the song each week or even each time they ever use that song is just far too expensive. Which I, which I understand, obviously, that's probably what they did for WWE but I think for Pat McAfee, just how natural he is and just how good he is that I'm hoping to see him do a lot more matches and hopefully win some championships because I think for me, everything that he's done, if it's commentary or in the ring, has been fantastic. And Pat McAfee is one of my favourite stars in the whole of WWE. And what we have next then, guys, is Drew McIntyre comes out for a promo building up his match uh, for his championship at Clash of the Castle in uh, Wales. I thought this was quite cool because it shows just how he's a fighting challenger. He's a fighting champion because obviously he's been a former champion and it was quite cool that he had that big and epic match against Sheamus on SmackDown to be able to then get the opportunity to fight for the championship. And I just thought it was really cool because even though he wasn't on the show itself, they were building up it 
enough to make A, the clash at the castle seem big in itself because it's the first wrestling proper big, big pay-per-view since SummerSlam 92 to be held in Great Britain, uh, the UK. And it's just cool because it's Drew McIntyre and I think it's just a great thing to have him because Drew McIntyre is really, really good on the mic and he's a great bonafide star that hopefully... If he does win, it will be a great moment because Drew McIntyre is truly great. And what we have next, guys, is between the Usos versus the Street Profits for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship. Now, this match was really good because you had to begin with, you have the Street Profits coming out with the Tennessee Titans um, cheerleaders. Obviously, you have... Uh, Jeff Jarrett come out uh, because obviously in the last match they kind of felt like the ending wasn't too definitive enough uh, and they were been fighting over the last several weeks building up to the match to be like you know I want this referee no I want, I want that referee so Adam Beers was like we're going to have someone call it down the middle and um, so we're going to be having um, Jeff Jarrett I thought it was really cool to have him because Jeff Jarrett's an absolute legend and he's someone that is just awesome in general but throughout the match itself you have um, Dawkins with, with this beautiful insiguri and then you have Ford with amazing and absolutely beautiful big frog uh, crossbody. Basically, it's a cross between a crossbody and a frog splash. I thought it was a great move. Then you have Ford hit, hit this, a beautiful and big clothesline. Then you have Jay with his amazing uh, kip-up neck breaker to Ford, which was a great move, you know. Then you have Jay hit this amazing kip-up neck breaker to Ford. Then you have Dawkins with this amazing 360 splash onto the Usos who are on the outside. Then you have Jimmy hit this amazing Uso splash. Uh, then you have Usos and hit a double splash, which then gets an amazing near fall. Um, then you have Ford and hit this a beautiful huge frog splash onto Jay. And that then got another um, amazing near fall. And then you have um, the Usos come back in, hit, hit this beautiful double super kick to Dawkins, which then went into the 1D for the 1 the two and the three and the Usos got the win and retained the undisputed tag team championship. Now for me guys I thought this match was good. I thought it was really really uh, interesting. I like the fact as well they included Jeff Jarrett for the match. I thought he and I felt for me he was able to call the match in the middle and I feel these two had such a good match that hopefully they will go on to wrestle again at Clash at the Castle and hopefully put on an even bigger and better match. And what we have next then, guys, is we have Riddle come out. Because obviously on Smack on Raw, they had um, Seth Rollins giving Riddle a stomp, which then basically had it where the match was cancelled. So then Riddle then came out saying, you know, through the help of Randy Orton and through his babyface fire himself, that he isn't going to give up. Like, he wants to fight again and stuff. And then he calls out Seth Rollins, which then Seth Rollins does then go out to then um, taunt riddle they get it they get into a bit of a scuff and then you have rollins hitting another curb stomp onto riddle which then literally completely knocks him out and then you have the um officials taking uh rollins to the back and they come out and help riddle to the back too so yeah another great segment which will then hopefully build up to an even bigger match at clash at the castle and the penultimate match of the evening is between Liv morgan Versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. 
Um, you had some amazing strikes and um, attacks from Rousey. She hit this amazing big knee. Then you have um, Morgan hitting this beautiful enziguri. Then you have Rousey hitting this amazing big back kick to uh, Morgan. And then you have Morgan reverses uh, Rousey into a Saturn submission, which I thought was a great move because it shows just how much more technical Liv Morgan has become where she's able to basically by being on the ground uh, to basically then give Rousey this big submission move. Then you have Morgan hitting this amazing crucifix pin for a near fall. Then you have Rousey with this big takedown. And then you have Rousey trying to go to the arm bar, but Liv is able to then get to the bottom rope. Then you have a doctor coming out after the brutal armbar, but then Liv says to the doctor, nope, I'm able to carry on, no, I want to carry on. And then you have Rousey putting on the armbar again, but then you have Liv reversing it into this amazing pin for the one, the two, and the three. And that's right, Liv Morgan defends her SmackDown Women's Championship. I think for me, I think the, I think the thing that impressed me more about it is one is because... Uh, Liv Morgan is just fucking amazing now. Like, she's really, really good. And I also think as well, for me, the match got even better because of what happened after the match, which was Rousey turns heel and she just puts on the armbar for ages where they have to get the referee as well as other officials to stop it. And I think that's really cool because they finally, for me, uh, turned her heel because as much as I like Ronda Rousey as a fighter itself, I feel for me she's someone who works better as a heel because she's able to be the absolute badass that she can be. She's able to put on her Zanshin face because I feel like as a face, she smiles. And I think for me that works better because that's what you want for Ronda Rousey. You want her to be this angry woman who can kick everyone's ass rather than being this too much of a smiling baby face which she was before and I think by having her turn proper heel it will make the matches more interesting because sometimes I feel where it's a face versus face uh, you don't really have that dynamic of who to cheer for where I think by Rousey being a heel it will suit her better and it'll be interesting to see what she and the WWE can come up with for her future. And then you have the penultimate, penultimate thing of the pay-per-view is you have Kane come out announcing the attendance, which was 48,449. And now it's time for the main event. And this match is between Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE World Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. Now, this match was just grey in itself. I mean... The way that Roman Reigns walks out like a bona fide star, and when he does, you have the fireworks uh, go off and stuff. Then you have Roman cutting a promo saying to acknowledge him because of how good he is and stuff, and just how great he is in general too. Uh, then you have Brock Lesnar come out, and then he he's he's like, actually, you, you know, I want I want something else. So then he gets a tractor, and he literally drives it to the ringside area, and then he then jumps from the tractor itself onto Roman, and then he. Um, Fez press and he starts just pumping him with some big punches and stuff. I thought it was really, really cool. And then you have Reigns getting thrown into the steel steps. Then you have Brock with, with this amazing uh, belly over the head suplex uh, from the steel steps itself. Then you have um, Brock doing this like big like driving elbow move into Roman, into the steel beams. Then you have Brock with this amazing German to Roman on the outside of the ring itself. That was a beautiful move. Then you have Brock then puts out a table... But then Paul Heyman is able to distract him and say, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, don't hurt me and stuff. 
which then gives Roman the chance to hit Brock through the table with a Samoan drop. Then you have Roman hitting a big slam to Brock through another table, which is quite surprising. Uh, then you have Roman with a big Superman punch and a spear. Brock's able to get up. Then you have Brock hitting a championship spine buster to Roman through another table. And then you have Brock hitting Roman with the steel steps and then a piece of the broken table. Then you have Brock uh, puts Roman into the tractor and just throws him into the ring. And then you have a really cool moment where Brock uh, picks up Roman, puts him into the tractor, brings the tractor up and just literally just launches him into the ring. Then you have Brock with this amazing big F5. Then you have uh, Brock then hits the Kimura. Then you see Lesnar with Reigns in the ring. Literally use the tractor and he pushes the ring and you can see the ring like goes to one side to one side. And you can see the ring itself literally just falling. I just thought it was just amazing. Then you have the Usos come out to attack Brock. But then Brock is able to then uh, beat them up with a beautiful German. And then he hits Heyman who basically is like being like, you know, I've always wanted to be with you, Brock and stuff. And and then he then you have uh, Brock hitting Heyman with a beautiful F5 through the announcer's table. Then you have Roman hit this amazing, beautiful spear to um, Brock after obviously he was a bit distracted through the uh, fight against the Usos and Paul Heyman. And then you have uh, Fury coming out, trying to cash in with his briefcase. And then he starts hitting Roman with the briefcase itself. But then, then you have Brock then come back up, then hit Fury with a F5 onto the briefcase itself. And then you have these amazing double super kicks by the Usos to Brock. Then you have Roman battering Brock with the briefcase several times. But then Brock still just comes up. But then you have Roman hitting Brock with one championship. Then Brock gets up. Then you have Roman hitting Brock with another championship. But then he's like, says to the Usos, fuck it. Let's just bury the guy. And they buried him with parts of the announcer's table. Still steps a chair, whatever whatever you can think of that was around the ringside area itself. They used it, and Brock can't get up before the 10 count ends. And that's right, guys. Roman Reigns wins the match and is still the undisputed WWE Heavyweight Universal Champion. I thought for me, guys, I thought this match was just great. I mean, it's nowhere near as good as their original match from WrestleMania, but I think because they've these two have had so many different matches and so many matches in itself that I felt for me it worked really really well it really worked as well too because it kind of changed the dynamic uh 180 as well because even though it was the same kind of match like they had at WrestleMania because Brock was the face and Roman was the heel but I feel for me it worked really really well they were able to um hide all the weaknesses bring up their strength a lot and it's just awesome just to see the pure power and just the fact that it took all these things crushing Brock Lesnar to finally win the match for Roman because it just shows just how good and in a sense as well for me the commentary for this match in itself was just even better because now Vince being gone it kind of gives Michael Cole and Corey Graves more of a way for them to kind of announce it in their way and I felt for me it added so much because Michael Cole was able to make Brock sound so dominant and so unbeatable that when it took Roman doing what he did it made it make so much sense and I think for me just the great commentary the great characters and the great match itself made it a truly great main event and what I found for me was a far more better match than their previous match at Wrestlemania earlier this year. And now it's time then, guys, for my match of the night slash MVP. For me, guys, my match of the night would have to go to the opening match being Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. I mean, this match was just amazing. This match was just so, so good. 
Bianca Belair is a bona fide star. Becky Lynch is just a bona fide star as well. And I just think it was cool that uh, you had these two great women putting on a great show, putting on a very hard-hitting match that I think that if someone wants to watch a really good opening match to any pay-per-view, uh, I, I think for me, these two put on a really good match. And I think for what happened after match two, made a match even more cooler because Becky Lynch being a face is just absolutely amazing. And she is truly the man. And now then, guys, finally, who my MVP is of this entire show. I have two people here. One would be Bianca Belair, just because of how awesome she is and just how great she is and just how uh, she is such a great baby face. She has great baby face fire. And I think for me as well, she's going to be an absolute huge bonafide star and even bigger than she already is. But my other MVP would have to go to Brock Lesnar. The reason for this is because Brock was just truly amazing in this match. It just shows just how good he is, just how strong he is, how dominant he is, and just how by him using the tractor to then destroy the ring and only it taking all this different equipment, all these different like bits of the announcer's table, steel steps, etc. to finally beat him. It just shows just how much of a final boss the man is, that it works really, really well, that hopefully when these men have another match in the future, it will be an even better and bigger match because Brock is amazing and it's just awesome just to see how being such a great baby face has made Brock such a unique and different character and has made Brock so much more cooler and better than he ever, ever was. And that, my friends, was my review of SummerSlam 2022. Let me know, guys, in the comments below what your MVP match of the night and we thought about the show in general i would love to hear what you guys think and also as well guys please don't forget to like follow and subscribe to no wrestling on all the different social medias podcasting networks and youtube too this has been no wrestling guys i've been your amazing host as always mark sylvester and don't forget guys to take care and always remember well here comes the pain E-S-D